to Innovating Humanity, the official podcast for Birmingham Tech. I'm Jude Jennison, the host of this podcast, and I'm the founder of Leaders by Nature, a leadership and team development company. I work with senior leadership teams to help them align through behavioural change. In this podcast, we'll be exploring the intersection between technology, humanity and leadership and looking at how we use technology to be more human and increase emotional connection and enhance the way that we live and work. I'll be interviewing leaders from technology businesses who are at the forefront of changing how we live and work. You will not want to miss this. Some of the conversations have been enlightening and inspiring and I hope you enjoy them as much as I have done. Chris Blackwell is the founder and CEO of Purpose Led Performance, a consultancy business that works with medium-sized businesses on leadership growth, performance and sustainability. Chris is also the co-lead for a tech accelerator helping technology startups scale and grow as part of Birmingham Tech. Chris is honest about not being a tech native, but he recognises that technology underpins everything we do in business. We discuss technology for non-techies, the pace of change, leadership, culture and much more. Have a listen. Hi Chris, thanks for joining me today. Hey Jude, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Um, Can you tell us who you are and what you do, please? Yeah, so I'm Chris Blackwell. Um, I wear a range of hats and do a a range of roles. So um, I run a consulting business called Purpose Led Performance uh, that works with medium-sized businesses uh, on areas of leadership, growth, uh, performance and sustainability. Uh, I'm also the co-founder of uh, an international group called the Purpose Collective. Um, This is a not-for-profit and we run two events a month. We bring people from all over the world to have conversations about purpose and business. And then my third role, and probably most pertinent to to today's conversation, uh, I'm the scale-up lead for Birmingham Tech and Birmingham Tech Week, uh, which means I get involved with the organization of Birmingham Tech Week, which we just had back in October, Uh, And also I co-lead, we have a scale-up program. We have 12 businesses, uh, 12 uh, tech businesses from the the region uh, that we've been supporting over the last six months who are starting to scale. Brilliant, thank you. And and so there's there's two really important angles that here that you're bringing together, which is purpose and tech. And they're two things that we're increasingly needing in every business. So I think every business is starting is starting to become purpose-led and there's some way to go on that and also every business is reliant on tech even even my own business you know I might work with horses in a field but without the tech that underpins my whole business I can't find clients I can't service them I can't look after them so I think we all need purpose and we all need tech Um, tell me what's what's your involvement in Birmingham Tech Week tell me more about that um, so with Birmingham uh, Tech Week, uh, then my involvement is really, um, so one of the days is focused on businesses that are scaling up. And so I take a lead on the organization of that day, coordination with speakers, et cetera. Um, and, you know, so so we had, uh, I think it was called Start, Scale, Succeed. Uh, it was the theme of the day. Uh, and we brought together a mix of businesses that have been successful in scaling up. Uh, so, uh, for example, Melissa Snover from Nourished uh, was one of the keynote speakers that we brought in. 
Uh, we brought in professional service firms like EY. We brought in the British Business Bank. We brought in uh, uh, VC companies to talk about what they're looking for. Um, we had Bruntwood SciTech, who do a lot of work in innovation and creating innovation campuses. So, so we sort of pu pulled all of those groups of people together in, into a day, which was focused on if you are a uh, new business, a new tech business, if you're a startup, or if you've gone through the stage of, of being a startup to a scale up, you know, what is going on in that whole ecosystem? And we brought together a, a program of events to, to support that, um, which was 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 a lot of fun really good day um we had a pitch fest as part of that um for for one of the startup programs that's working in the region um so so yeah it's uh so it's a lot of fun birmingham tech week great thank you now i know that you're not you're not a tech person by by background or by trade so what what's the, what's the angle that you see working with these tech businesses what what do you find that is interesting being being somebody that's not a, you know, a, a techie person um, at yeah. your core, although we all are in a way. <laughs> yeah, this is something I've been uh, reflecting on quite a lot recently. So, so one of the reasons I got involved with Birmingham Tech and Birmingham Tech Week was, was you know, the future is technology. As you said, all businesses now need to be technology businesses. In my former life, I used to be a CEO. I used to run businesses uh, and increasingly technology you know, one of our questions is how is technology disrupting our market? Um, how do we better use technology? And so, you know, I've been involved with Birmingham Tech for a couple of years and now my original motivation was, you know, this is where the future's going. Um, I'm not a digital native. Um, you know, I, I understand tech uh, to a certain degree, but I really wanted to work more closely with tech businesses, um, partly to offer support, so the things that I understand about scaling businesses. And so, you know, even if you're a tech business, actually all businesses still involve people and culture. And those things are really important for how you succeed as you grow. Um, but I also wanted to get closer and work with tech businesses and entrepreneurs and really learn from them. Um, and, and that's been that's been great. Um, you know, in my consulting business, I've probably worked with about 60 businesses um over the last two years um and then of that i've been working closely with 13 of those are tech businesses and then the other are non-tech businesses and, and, and i've been really starting to think about that kind of difference between you know businesses that are tech first versus businesses that are not uh, and people like like me i was, I was reflecting i started my my first proper grown-up job uh, in 2002 um, and if you look back at what was happening then, you know, I was in London. So if I wanted to travel around, I'd have a physical A to Z. Um, you know, we were still using faxes to send important information backwards and forwards. Um, there was very little online shopping. There was no Amazon, no Spotify, no smartphones. Um, and, you know, even go forward. 10 years from when I started in work, all of a sudden things have changed and 20 years on, it's a very, very different world. Mm. Um, and that change has happened really quickly. And what's really interesting for me is, is often working uh, with these tech businesses, they're people who have only really entered the workforce since many of these changes have happened. They're, they're digital natives in a way that I'm not. 
Um, and it's just got me to reflecting, you know, maybe with some of the more traditional businesses that I'm working with, um, how they need to adapt their thinking and, you know, be open to how tech is going to change their sector. Yeah, and, and I think tech is changing every sector, isn't it? How do we, how do we find the balance between using the tech to enhance the way that we're working and enhance the products and services that we provide without the tech taking over and it feeling relentless? Because a lot of the people, a lot of the clients I talk to, they say the pace of change is relentless. And largely that's driven by technological advances and that we're almost at a tipping point where we can't keep up. Like how, what would you say, what would you say about that? Um, so, so here's, I'll share a phrase with you, which, which, which I think is, is on, on that point about the pace of change. Um, somebody pointed out to me that the rate of change now is the slowest that you'll probably experience for the rest of our lives. So it's only going to speed up. Um, so, so although it's kind of hard to keep up now, uh, things are actually going to only going to change quicker um, because there is this kind of growth curve of, of change and, and technology. And I think we're right at the beginning of certain things like AI, automation, et cetera. But, but your question about how do we, how do we keep up and how do we sort of keep in control for me, it's understanding that actually even in a, in a, every business is a people business. So even if we use technology um, within those businesses, even if they're tech businesses, what I found from working with these 13 tech businesses that I work with is that actually in terms of their business success, it comes down to the same people factors that will make non-tech businesses successful. So, you know, leadership is important, culture is important, purpose is important, vision and strategy is important. And so even if you are a tech business, those things are still really important. And I think the tech businesses that are really succeeding are the ones that actually get those things right, as well as having great utilization of tech products. And so a lot of my focus is, um, on working with, with the leadership teams of tech, tech companies to, to help them understand you know, how they can lead better, how culture makes things easier mm-hmm. if you are intentional about it and you focus on putting a good culture in place. Um, and also you know, basic management practices um, because you know, when you get explosive growth, often you'll find people who are in in management or leadership positions for the first time um, and they haven't learned how to manage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, people are, are complicated. You know, put people together in groups. Um, there's complicated dynamics and, you know, they can work well if you manage it well. And that's where you use culture and leadership, but also management practices. But it can also become dysfunctional, and have conflict and misalignment. And that's where things can kind of go wrong for businesses. So, so I think that's part of the, how we, how we kind of keep control and, and ride the wave in a positive way. Do you think that there's a, there's a risk that with 
the increasing focus on adapting to new technology and that driving the way businesses are having to change. Do you think there's a risk that we lose sight of the human side of leadership? Um, I think there is a risk that we do, but I also think it very quickly comes back into focus because in the tech businesses that I speak to, they're the issues that they're dealing with and they're the things that are holding them back in terms of performance and growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I, think, I think in the very early stages, you know, people think a lot about product and product market fit um, and how you sell the product and how you sell the, mar- the product really quickly. And, you know, the thing with, with tech businesses is they can really get very rapid acceleration. If you get a product and there's a gap in the market and you get the funding that means that you can really push the marketing of it very quickly, they can grow much more quickly, say, than a traditional business historically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but then actually when that starts to happen, they start to hit up against all the challenges and the issues of, um, you know, people not working together productively, um, you know, uh, getting overwhelmed, you know, firefighting, um, you know, growth, growth is difficult, um, particularly fast growth. And so, so that's where the human stuff comes back in. And are you finding um, that there are differences in the, in the workplace in terms of those who are digital natives and those who aren't in terms of how easily they adapt to change or, or technology? Um, Yes, and I think so, but I think also it's about attitude. You know, as consumers, um, most of us have got smartphones. You know, you, you'll find people will say, oh, my grandma's on Facebook and she's now like fully converted to kind of shopping online. So, so I think there is, a, there is a difference. I tend to focus a lot of my... Um, I guess, interest in this area around about leadership. Um, Because I think traditionally, if you look at sort of more traditional businesses and and, and you go back before sort of 20 years ago, before the sort of tech revolution really started to sort of take hold, what you would have is, you know, the most senior people in the business were probably in that role because they'd been, they'd worked their way through and through that kind of experience and expertise that they built up, they were the best people to make them informed decisions about what was best for that business. I think that's breaking down now because actually in more traditional businesses, those people are not necessarily the best people to understand how tech is changing their market and the potential for tech. And so I tend to focus at the leadership level and really think, you know, and again, it's, it's a generalization, you know, I think there is a difference between people who've grown up with tech in their lives and people who haven't, but then some people are just naturally inclined to be curious and to learn. And so, so it's not purely about an age or when you were born thing. However, I think, you know, in more, larger traditional businesses the people leading them are less tech savvy and they're not the best place to think about um, 
their sort of tech strategy. And I, you know, my advice to business leaders that I come across in that in, in that position is just to recognize, you know, the role of leadership is about bringing a talented team together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about making all the decisions. It's about understanding if you've got blind spots, if your business has got deficits in terms of skills and capability. And so I, I think it's, you know, for businesses in markets that haven't really been tech disrupted at the moment, my biggest advice to them is always get ahead of it and ensure that you bring talent into your business that are experts in this in a way that you're not. And they will really help to challenge your thinking. Yeah, and it's interesting because I was talking to my husband at the, at the weekend and he, he is a techie person and he started his, his whole career um, working for a technology. And in fact, he, he has spent his whole career working in technology organizations. And, um, and he, he said only at the weekend, he said, I thought I would never get left behind by tech because he's always been an earlier adopter of, of everything. But he said the volume of change uh, is now so overwhelming that he's struggling to know where to put his attention and how to keep up. So, yeah. he, you know, in a way, he is a digital native way ahead of his time. Yeah. Um, so I, I wonder if there's a risk that with the volume of change that technology is going in so many different directions. And as you, you alluded earlier, that the pace of change now, if we carry on at this, this exponential rate, the pace of change now is the slowest it's ever going to be in future. But I do wonder whether our capacity to keep up will actually require us to slow down that pace of change. Yeah, I, I don't think it, it will. I think it's more to do with ways of working. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, impos- it's going to be impossible for anybody to truly understand all the types of tech. So I, I think at the level of an individual, you know, even probably down to the best individuals out there, you know, the Elon Musks and you know, people with, with brains the size of universes, I think it's going to be impossible for people to be experts or even to have a deep understanding of all the different bits of tech. Um, however, and I think in, in a traditional command and control structure, which is still, you know, particularly for bigger businesses is, is how they work, then I think that causes big issues. But I think actually, you know, working in much more agile ways where you bring in networks of people, you actually trust um, small specialist teams um, to lead on particular things, but you create a structure whereby they can work together. I think that's how we manage that kind of explosion um, and that that fast rate of change. So, So I think for organizations to manage it well, they have to adapt and change how they work. Uh, and I think that, yeah, I think there's organizations doing it already. Um, and I think that that's kind of the blueprint for future success. Mm-hmm. So I think it's much more about collaboration, much more about networks of specialists plugging in together. Yeah, interesting. And, and the, other, the other thing I'm intrigued about is as the volume of technology increases, and therefore the processing power increases, the requirement for energy is going to increase. Were, yes. was, there, was there anybody um, talking about that at Birmingham Tech Week? 
in terms of how do we how do we balance that um, drain on our uh, energy resources with a need to actually reduce the amount of energy that we're using to there wasn't anybody talking about it in that way, but there were some great businesses who were really focused on um, more efficient and green uses of technology um, at Birmingham Tech. Um, so, so everything from you know hydrogen battery businesses. Um, there's a brilliant business called Energy. Uh, they were startup of the year at the Birmingham Tech Awards. Um, and so, you know, they're an exercise bike company, but their, their sort of energy innovation is they build in um, batteries into exercise gear that captures the energy that you produce very efficiently in a work. I think it captures something like 90% of the energy that you produce. Um, so, so I think there's a whole load of tech companies who are looking at how do you create energy more efficiently, uh, more sustainably um so i think you know tech is is asper you know parts of the tech sector are bringing their focus on how do you use technology to solve that issue mm. um so do you think then that the the future for from a leadership point of view is to to start to look at what are some of the challenges that we face in whatever sector you're in or whatever business you're in and to start to say Okay, if I if my business is requiring more energy, then and I need to balance that with the requirement for net zero, then one of the problems I've got requires tech to solve it. So yes. So to start actually building into our strategy tech solutions to what might not be a tech problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What tech can you use um, to reduce your energy? consumption how can you use data and uh, analysis supported by tech to identify maybe some of the problem areas um you know what technology can enable you to use energy more efficiently so there is a lot going out on in that space i think that could really accelerate mm. yeah and i'm just thinking you know from a because you're obviously your your other your your main business is around um, purpose led leadership, and there's there's a there's a real um, need here, isn't there, for organisations to be more purpose led, but also more sustainable. To think yep. much more about not even what's my purpose, because you know a particular business may have a purpose that has a knock on effect somewhere down the line. That has a negative impact on society and do, do you think that there's a need for us as as leaders in in every business now to really start thinking in a much more holistic way around around what what are we actually doing what, what what's the, what's the purpose of the business and what's the impact of the business at various different touch points on the employees in the business but also on the on society and on the planet and yeah, it's, it's a lot to think about, isn't it? It is. It is. And, and actually, that's that's why I think being purpose-driven, being explicit about your purpose is a very practical tool for businesses to make sense of all of this complexity. Because if you go back to what we were talking about earlier about you know how businesses are structured and how they can kind of keep up, and I talked about you know networks of specialists working together, in that kind of vision... For, 
in order for it to work, people need to have something that connects them together. Mm. They need to understand, you know, if I'm working on this specialist product project over here using this specialist technology, how do I, how does what I do connect with this other team over, over somewhere else? And for me, one of the most practical answers is purpose, clear, articulated, explicit purpose that helps people understand, even if they're doing very different things within the business, how it's all aligning together towards the achievement of the same goal. Mm. Um, and so I think it becomes more vital um, in helping people to understand their common ground um, helping to simplify uh, things for people because in a world that gets more and more complex, being able to simplify things and say, this is what we stand for. This is what we're here to do. This is why we exist. This is who we serve. And everybody in a business having a common understanding, then, then I think that's, that's a, a critical success factor for companies going forward. And I think actually it uses what is our human superpower. Um, so, you know, I've got the, the book Sapiens uh, in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if, if you've read it or, or not, but it, you know, it's a great history of humankind. And, and right at the very beginning, it kind of sets out, you know, like Sapiens uh, uh, um, you know, um, have been around for 250,000 years, but something changed about 70,000 years ago where, you know, this small group of human type creatures and there were many different types of humans at that point kind of came out of East Africa, went all over the world, invented all this technology, invented culture, their language developed. Um, and the superpower that was behind that, that broke down the limitations of, you know, uh, of only being able to work in groups of up to 150, uh, which was kind of the maximum size of affected groups is the idea to think about or or the ability to think about ideas and have something that bonds groups of people together about something that is intangible and doesn't exist. And so whether that's an identification with a nationality, an identification with a flag, with a particular, you know, whether it's money, that's, that's our superpower as humans is to be able to imagine something that combines us together um and you know and, and i think applying that in businesses that's purpose is is one way you can do that um and being intentional about your culture that's hacking that superpower that homo sapiens has that's underlying you know that's underpinned our our success mm. as a species uh on on this planet yeah, and there's something around, um, you know, I'm always really passionate about how do we make sure that as human beings, we stay we stay emotionally connected and don't use technology as a form of disconnection. Um, and I think purpose is, is at the core of that, isn't it? Is it if there's yeah. a common purpose and a shared set, set of values that we can get behind, then we can, we can find ways to be connected. Um, Obviously, throughout the throughout the last couple of years with the with the pandemic, we've been working um, disconnected physically, face to face, but we've been technologically connected. What do you think are the risks, and what do you think is the opportunity going forward with a hybrid way of working? Um, I think the risks are 
we moved to a hybrid way of working, but we um, we don't change the paradigm in which we work, i.e. we just take the way that we worked when everybody was in an office together and we try and transplant that into a hybrid world because I don't think that's going to work. Um, Can you say why uh, you don't think that's going to work? So, so, so... Um, if I start, if I share a metaphor, and this is not my metaphor, so, so a guy called Matt Mullenweg, he's the CEO of a, a company called Automatic, and he's one of the founders and, and the people behind WordPress, um, the, the sort of internet, um, open source internet um, technology that underpins a, a large proportion of, of the world's websites out there. So his company is fully distributed, uh, is how he describes it. But he used a great analogy um, to sort of, talk about businesses moving from the traditional way of working to uh you know digital way of working or digital first or, or hybrid working and he sort of said you know before television existed you'd have drama on the radio and when television first came along they carried on making drama in the same way as they did with radio but the medium was very different and it didn't work and therefore they had to understand and adapt and realize all of a sudden you've got pictures. Um, so you don't need to explain stuff in the same way as you do with radio. And he sort of said, that's a great metaphor for how businesses work. You know, so, so if everybody is together in the same office, you've got all of these things like meetings at nine till 10 um, and all these different ways that we work, which actually just not effective you know, because they're premised upon everybody being together. Mm-hmm. Um, and what tends to happen with most organizations when they move to either hybrid working or they move to, uh, to digital first is they pretty much try and transplant these ways of working that are just rooted in the paradigm of being physically together. Mm. And when you do that, and I think that's what's behind a lot of the stresses and the strains of people working together. So, so you know, I think organizations need to really adapt and figure out what's working and what's not working and also look to pioneers and, and Matt Mullenweg and his business automatic are, are sort of one of the pioneers out there who've been working, you know, completely distributed. They, they said distri- distributed from virtual, you know, so they've got a workforce that they don't have offices. They've been working in that way for 10 years, people in 90 different countries. Um, so there are pioneers who are doing that um, who, who are, already figured out some of those problems and how you overcome them. Um, I think one of the risks, and it's really interesting going back to, 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 to Matt Mullenweg and Automatic, even though they're an organization that works in that way, they physically get people together every three months. Yeah. Because what they've recognized is there is something about human connection mm and physically seeing people and those types of conversations that's necessary to keep the culture and the fabric of the organization and the connection alive. Mm. And so I think that's one of the challenges for people to think about is, you know, I, my personal view uh, to, to be tested is you still need to find ways to try and have physical connection Mm. um with people to kind of really sort of maintain um relationships and i think you know for businesses that's one of the things they need to try and figure out how to do it 
yeah. because there is something additional that you get um, when people are physically together. Yeah, I think the the emotional connection, I think you can connect intellectually and from a practical point of view and collaborate very effectively through through tech and, and, and at a distance and virtually, but the emotional connection, which is something that you actually feel when you're physically stand in somebody's energy you can't underestimate the value of how that builds yep. a relationship in a different way what do, what do you think um what do you think is the opportunity for us um i i think the opportunity so it's so a one opportunity actually is um the ability to work with people all over the world mm-hmm. um you know even just thinking through the last 18 months all of a sudden I'm collaborating with people um, on the other side of the globe because um, time zones are still an issue. So if somebody's, you know, 11 hours different in Australia, then then we're not synchronized in terms of our times, but it's still possible for us to work. But, but all of a sudden you can build, you know, if it's an organization, you can build an international organization where you find people with the right skills, no matter where they are in the world. So I think that's a big opportunity. Mm-hmm um for for organizations and i think actually it will be a great leveler as well for for you know developing um countries i actually think it accelerates the rate at which you know developing countries can really kind of catch up um so which would help sort of wealth distribution um and everything so so i think that's one opportunity assuming that they can afford the tech yes yeah, but I, I, I think, um, I know I'm not an expert at this, but from what I see, you know, that there is, um, you know, technology is a great leveler. And I think most places do have access to tech of some sort and that will accelerate. Um, and, you know, that the, you, you really are starting to see, you know, uh, people using teams all over the world, freelancers all over the world and connecting together. So I think that's that's sort of one opportunity. I think there is also, I'm, I, I'm an optimist. And so, you know, there's a lot of nervousness around about automation. There's a lot of nervousness about AI and how that's going to destroy jobs. Um, but I'm an optimist in, insofar as, you know, if you look back to say the industrial revolution, um, a whole load of jobs were destroyed um, and that happened over a longer period of time. So I think it was much uh, much more traumatic and disruptive. But actually what that did is it cre- created new jobs, new areas of focus. Um, and I think that process will happen again. So although lots of jobs will be lost, I think lots more jobs will be created um, in new areas because the technology will be uh, freeing us up um, to to do more and higher value, higher added value stuff. Um, So, you know, some people are pessimistic on this. Yeah, no, I I agree. And I think um, as as long as we use it consciously, and I think think therein lies the challenge, doesn't it, is how we develop it, how we use it um, is going to be critical to to whether it's a positive... (laughs) A yeah. positive use of technology or or not but i you know I, I think there are huge opportunities ahead of us uh, but we need to think consciously about how we do it 
Chris, um, thank you so much for your time today. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. Yeah, you too, Jude. Thank you. It's fascinating that every business used to be run by people in isolation. Now it's run by both people and technology. If we want to survive and thrive in business, whether as a small, medium or large business or a rapidly growing one, we need to develop both people and technology and we need to enhance the link between the two. I'm totally on board with Chris's view that we need to develop the skills to lead distributed networks of people with different skills in order to innovate and lead change. And now we need to do that in a remote and a hybrid environment as well. Where do you need to adapt and flex? How can you develop people in your organisation better to adapt to the rapidly changing tech world we live in with the humanity and leadership skills to remain human in a world of tech? That's it for this week. You've been listening to Innovating Humanity, the official podcast for Birmingham Tech Week. I'm Jude Jennison, host of the podcast and founder of Leaders by Nature, a leadership and team development company. I hope you've been as inspired by this week's guest as I have. If you'd like to know more about how I help leaders and teams be more human in a world of technology, you may be surprised to discover I do it by working in a field with a herd of horses. Sound crazy? All innovation's crazy in the beginning. So if you like to think outside of the box and get rapid results, you can find out more at www.judejennison.com. And if you'd like to find out more about the exciting technology scene in Birmingham, hop onto the Birmingham Tech website at www.birminghamtechweek.com. Until next time, that's it from me, Jude Jennison, the official podcast partner for Birmingham Tech. <laughs> <laughs>